It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 11th, 2020. My name is Phil Prost and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the Memphis Grizzlies, a stirring win that is inspiring a lot of confidence these days and reminds us a little bit of a win from last year. We'll talk about how this road trip might be the sign that the Magic are getting themselves ready for that big playoff push. But before we get to any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on Locked On Podcasts. I work by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Memphis Grizzlies perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Grizzlies. Want to look ahead to Thursday's game against the Chicago Bulls? Check out Locked On Bulls. Plus, we've got great national podcasts and Locked On NBA. Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show, as well as Rejecting the Screen. No matter which team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Check them out wherever you download podcasts today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Down by 17 points in the first half, the Orlando Magic looked dead in the water. And I do mean that dead in the water. The Memphis Grizzlies, through the first quarter and a half, had sort of beaten the Magic into a pulp. They were the more physical team. They were the more dominant team. They were the team putting the clamps on the Orlando Magic. The Magic couldn't get good shots. They couldn't really move the ball. They couldn't get stops. They were just getting beat up pretty badly. And the Magic hung tough. They hung around. They, they, they stayed in it. But certainly if things did not change, the Magic were going to be in trouble. Then Orlando kind of came out of the locker room and started making up some ground. And then they started making up a little bit more ground. Michael Carter-Williams started flying around the, around the court, getting, the, getting steals and, 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 and getting stops and just you know really locking down the point guard position. And Orlando started to pick up a little bit more, ste- more steam. A 9-0 run brought it back to within single digits um, and within striking distance. And all of a sudden... A 13-point halftime lead was down to four by the end of the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, every big play the Magic needed to make, every moment, every sequence the Magic needed, went in their favor. And it wasn't by luck or anything like that. It was the Magic going out and making the plays. A team that had been so dominated in the first half had become the aggressor in the second half. 
It was a truly dominant performance from the Orlando Magic. I, I really can't describe it as anything other than that. They, again, moved the ball effectively. They made outside shots. They made shots at the basket. They got stops. And yes, there were mistakes. There were turnovers. There were offensive fouls. There were fouls on jump shooters. Problems that surely they must clean up. But when the game mattered, when things counted, it was the magic that prevailed. Terrence Ross scored 18 of his 24 points in the fourth quarter, hitting a three to put the magic up by eight um, with about eight minutes to play, hitting a three to break a 1-12 all tie, and just generally hitting... And then hitting another three to give the Magic a three-point lead. But that was not the end of the game by by any means. Orlando got in their own way with about two minutes to go, up by four. Or up by eight, they fouled a three-point shooter, allowed him to make it a four point make it a five-point game or a nine-point game. Or it was a nine to, to four to five. And then a three to bring it back to within two and made it a game the rest of the way. So Orlando made their mistakes. After going up by six, Terrence Ross did in fact foul Dylan Brooks allowing him to make three free throws and cut the lead back in half. But from there, Orlando's defense locked in. The Grizzlies did not score a field goal in the final two minutes of the game. Michael Carter-Williams bottled up John Morant and forced him into difficult shots, difficult runners. And the Magic were able to get out in transition and hold them off, eventually making the free throws, to put them up 120 to 115. Memphis certainly did make their push. And, and, and they did not give up the game, and they did not play particularly poorly. But the Magic, again, made every play they had to make. That supreme confidence that has felt like it's been missing all season long. That they could beat anybody. That there was no situation that they could not overcome. That confidence was back. And Ross has a big part to do with that because he is a, a, a spark plug. But every player played a role in bringing it back. And the Magic ultimately proved to be the better team. They were the ones getting on the floor. They were the ones getting after their opponent. They were the ones physically winning the battle. And that's how you win basketball games in this league. The Orlando Magic defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 120-115, to helping them complete a 3-1 road trip and while the Magic remain a half game back of the Brooklyn Nets for seventh, they return home for perhaps the easiest stretch of their schedule, including some days off. They'll, they'll, they'll have two days between games after Thursday's game against the Bulls. It's, it's, a, it's a novel novel thing. The Magic return home with lots to play for and certainly the opportunity to keep this good mojo going. Again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 120-115. to 115. Let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. It's, it's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, 
and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or your lunch break or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. It has popular books from several big cats, from several uh, uh, huge categories, most read in psychology, biography, and memoir, management, and leadership, career, and success. You can f- listen to books like The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, or This Is Your Brain on Sports, The Science of Underdogs, The Value of Rivalry, and What We Can Learn from the T-Shirt Canon by L. John Wertheim and Sam Somers. There are fantastic selection of books all there at your fingertips to get the gist of, essentially. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Again, that's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Again, that's Blinkist.com slash NBA, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast as the Orlando Magic defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 120-115. to The Magic are led in scoring by Terrence Ross with 24 points. 8 for 19, shooting 5 for 11 from beyond the arc. Of course, that's really not the stat that matters. It's the 18 points in the fourth quarter that really matter. Terrence Ross has been on a tear lately. That goes without saying. And while he's you know on a tear, he's a guy that still needs a lot of guys to set him up. But he's also a guy that sets up everyone else too. It's, it's a little bit of a feedback loop with Terrence Ross. Um, He has obviously had a really kind of difficult season to this point, um, but he's starting to find his groove, and the Magic are starting to feed him the ball a lot more. It helps that a few things are happening, and this generally helps everyone. It helps that the Magic are playing at a faster pace and getting in their offense quicker. It helps that Ross is cutting more effectively and the Magic are screening a lot better. And honestly, it helps that Ross isn't just exclusively shooting jumpers anymore. The Magic really got him going in the fourth quarter on backdoor cuts. Aaron Gordon did a good job feeding him a couple times going straight to the basket and he had two very big dunks within the first three minutes of the fir- of the fourth quarter and that got him going. That got the confidence going and that got the, the, the defense worried about him in, in multiple ways. I would say that Ross has done a particularly good job of cutting his cuts a little more shallow and he's not, you know, kind of firing as indiscriminately as he, as he once was. Um, and he's generally, I think, just taking better quality shots. The other big thing in the fourth quarter of this game was that he wasn't always getting his shots off cuts. Yes, 
Ross is very effective at getting shots off cuts, but still the most efficient three-pointer that you can take, the best three-pointer you can take is a spot-up three. And the Magic are doing a much better job getting into the paint and setting him up for spot-up threes so he's not just hitting those cut threes, which, again, cut threes are fine. He's very good at them, but he's still far more effective as a spot-up three-point shooter. Ross is just making a lot of better decisions. He's he's being used more effectively. And, of course, it all adds up on the scoreboard. It all adds up to how the team is playing and how the team is ultimately performing. There is not a lot to complain about when it comes to Terrence Ross. He is playing some exceptional basketball at the moment. And really, I can't say much more than that. He is the reason why the Magic are able to win some of these games. He's the reason why the Magic are able to pull away in some of these games, just like he was last year. And if we are constantly chasing last year's performance, Ross is catching up to it with the way that he's played over the last week or two weeks or so. Um, So a really good game from Terrence Ross, obviously the catalyst for the Magic to ultimately win this game. Michael Carter-Williams was also a big deal in this one too. 20 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 2 for 3 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from the foul line, 3 rebounds, 2 steals as well for him. The Magic were getting just completely manhandled to start this game. Now, I'll talk about Nikola Vucevic here in a moment, and that's where we will address it, but they were getting just beat up over and over and over again. The Grizzlies were the more physical, aggressive team, and Orlando just wasn't willing to meet it except for Michael Carter-Williams. And, and, and that's kind of been Michael Carter-Williams' role on this team since he joined it, to be frank. Um, he is the guy that is not afraid to mix things up with the other team. He is the guy that is not afraid to get after opponents and get after them over and over and over again and just be just kind of be a little play with a little bit of an edge. Carter-Williams, uh, and again, I don't think Carter-Williams ever crosses the line too much. I mean, yes, he sometimes gets a technical foul or is a little too much, but... You know, he's, he's the, I think he's just the right amount of chaos. Um, he was just mixing it up from the very start, just just bringing uh, just a different level of energy and physicality that the Magic just didn't have to start this game. Orlando gets blown out of this game if Michael Carter-Williams doesn't play as well as he did in the second quarter. He was just everywhere. I mean, diving for the floor, diving to the floor for loose balls, just trying to to get in passing lanes, just trying to make things happen. Um, that is. That is what the Magic need. And it's not make things happen offensively as much as make things happen defensively. It helped that he was scoring really effectively. Uh, and, you know, when he's hitting three-pointers, when he's making those outside shots, um, you know, obviously he, it's, it's just a different ball game with him. There is not a lot to be upset about with, Marco, with Michael Carter-Williams. He just, he played another fantastic game and gave the Magic exactly the boost that they needed. In the fourth quarter, as Steve Clifford said after the game, there was no way I could take him out. Um, you know, I, I was on the Mark Moses show a couple days ago, and he asked me who the Magic's closing lineup is going to be, and I said, "Well, without Evan Fournier, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who they go with." They went with Michael Carter Williams in this game, and it was absolutely deserved. The Magic needed him out there, um, just because of the boost he could give offensively, but also because his defense is just completely invaluable. I mean, look at the game that John Morant had. Let's let's. I mean, just to go skip ahead to that, John Morant, twenty-one points, seven for sixteen shooting, one for five from beyond the arc. Five assists, five turnovers. Yes, Morant was plus four still, and, and, and he still scored a healthy amount. But the Magic did a good job blocking him down, especially down the stretch. Morant missed a three-pointer. He missed a floater. He had a charge. It, it was it was a, a really, really great effort from Michael Carter-Williams. You know, I don't give a lot of A-pluses in my grades post. This was an A-plus effort from Michael Carter-Williams. And, and frankly, he's as good as Ross was to close the game. Michael Carter-Williams was just as important and just as vital to the team. Let's rip the Band-Aid off now. Nikola Vucevic. Still came away with a solid scoreline. 19 points, 
9 for 15 shooting, 1 for 4 from deep, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. It, it, it ended up not being a bad game. Um, and, 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 and I think that is important to note that he recovered. And so we'll, we'll, we'll go run the gamut of this. But, and I, I know I've said this over and over and over again, as the best player, he sets the tone for the game. He sets the tone for how the Magic are going to play and, and the approach that they're going to bring. And, and, you know, Vucevic just really struggled. Jonas Valanciunas had 11 points uh, by the midpoint of the first quarter. The Grizzlies were just out-physicaling Orlando in the post. They were dumping the ball into Vucevic, or into, into Valanciunas. And while Vucevic, I thought, did a good job defending him or, and staying in front of him, Valanciunas was still moving him off his spot. And, and you know, there, it, it is a thing where, you know, you can play okay defense and still get beat. And Vucevic was generally in the right spots to challenge and contest, but he wasn't really taking Valanciunas out of his game. It's one thing to contest. It's another thing to make a player uncomfortable. And like like I said, Michael Carter-Williams makes players uncomfortable um, because he is so in your in your face and so physical with you. Nikola Vucevic was not making Jonas Valanciunas uncomfortable. So while he was contesting shots and maybe Valanciunas was out leveraging him to get better shots, he was not making Valanciunas uncomfortable. Really, he never made Valanciunas uncomfortable the entire game. Uh, so the defense was a huge problem for Nikola Vucevic. But... You got to give him credit, and I do give him credit. He bounced back as the game went on. He slowly, I mean, you could see the frustration on his face in the first quarter, in the first half, he picked up a technical foul. Um, he was not happy with, with either the refs or, or outside forces, and certainly not happy with himself. And so he, I thought, made plays um, as the game went on. He made play. He made the big plays that the Magic needed. He found a way to contribute and contribute positively to the team. He got himself going, especially early in the third quarter, to get the Magic back into the game. And so, you know, yes, Vucevic had his struggles, and, and, and Mo, Mo Bamba, five points, two for four, shooting seven rebounds, uh, two steals, had his moments too, but Vucevic was still the better player, still the more important player to the team, and still, and still someone who made a positive contribution at the end of the day. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe not a net positive, but... Still made big plays. The Magic do not win this game without Nikola Vucevic. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's it's a different game. Certainly, if if he starts off better than he did, um, but obviously that is still something the Magic have to work out. The Magic have to get more from Nikola Vucevic, and and that's absolutely something uh, that that they got to find from him, and and, and I think he's got to find from himself. So um, a mixed bag there on that front. Same deal for Aaron Gordon, although very differently. Eight points, three for eight shooting, really struggled to make shots, seven rebounds, nine assists. The thing I liked about Aaron Gordon's game is despite the poor shooting, he didn't overshoot, only took eight shots, but he found another way to positively contribute. The rebounding was absolutely vital. Rebounding is such a big part of what the Magic are trying to do uh, and, and certainly been a, not I wouldn't say a weakness, but it's been inconsistent. As the physicality's been inconsistent, the rebounding's been inconsistent. But Gordon's nine assists really showed that he understood it wasn't his night to score. And he was going to find ways to get others involved. He had great chemistry with Terrence Ross on a couple of big baskets in the fourth quarter, made some just really nice plays and nice passes throughout the game, and frankly didn't need to score. He wasn't looking for his scoring uh, at a certain point. Um, He found ways to cut to the basket and score when when those opportunities arose, but he generally kind of figured out early on after taking a couple of ill-advised shots, this wasn't his night. And, and, and I thought did a good job keeping the ball moving, which is which is vital for him. DJ Augustine, another solid game with 16 points, 5 for 12 shooting, 4 assists against 3 turnovers. 
Um, Markel Fultz, I thought, also had a really nice game. 14 points, 6 for 16, shooting 1 for 2 from beyond the arc. So, you know, had some mistakes. 6 assists, 3 steals, and just 1 turnover. This was just a, a quintessential Fultz is controlling the pace of the game game. Um, we've seen a few of these uh, as, as he gets going. Um, the Grizzlies were certainly content to let him hit mid-range, to shoot mid-range jumpers, and, and he hit his fair share of them. He got to the basket, missed a few, made a few, and it was you know, kind of make or miss on that end. But where he was really valuable was, A, the passing, which, which we know, and, and, and he did a great job creating for others, uh, especially after, after he proved he could hit that shot and force Memphis to defend him a little bit and, and not wall the paint up as much. But the other part was his defense. The defensive effort on John Morant was extremely good all night. Whether it, was, uh, whether it was Markel Fultz or Michael Carter-Williams guarding him, both did a good job keeping him from the basket and making him take tough shots. He never really got, was never able really to get settled. And Orlando, again, once they upped their physicality, really owned this game on, on, on every front. Um, so at the end of the day, the Magic put together just a superb effort to close this game out and to... And to, to you know, lock down the guys they need to lock down and, and, and eventually pull away and win. Orlando shoots 46.7% from the floor, 14 of 33 from beyond the arc, so good percentages there, 20 of 22 from the foul line. They get 12 offensive rebounds, leading to 18 second-chance points. They have 15 fast-break points in the game, um, 48 points in the paint to Memphis is 50. So again, struggled a little bit in the paint, especially with Jonas Valanciunas. Valanciunas leads the Grizzlies in scoring with 27, 9 for 10 shooting, 9 for 13 from the foul line, 16 rebounds, but 5 turnovers. Orlando did a much better job crowning him and being physical with him in the second half, but really, it was I, I was stunned that, that, that Memphis didn't go to Valanciunas more. Good things happened when the ball went into the post with him. Uh, the Magic just did not have a physical answer for him in this game, and, and that's a preview of the Magic end up playing the Raptors and have to deal with Marc Gasol. Dylan Brooks and John Morant both scored 21. Josh Jackson with 15 off the bench, but relatively quiet in the second half as Orlando pulled away and, and picked up the win. Memphis ends up shooting 50% from floor, 11 for 29 from the foul line, 28 of 38 from the free throw line. They turned the ball over 20 times, 20 turnovers, leading to 26 magic points. That was the real difference in the game. Once Orlando was able to force turnovers and get out in transition, they were able to win this game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 120-115. to 115. They are back in action Thursday against the Chicago Bulls. playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba available on youtube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day I'll fully admit that that this year has been a little bit about chasing a ghost. Um, certainly with much of the same roster back, and certainly with the way the Magic finished last season, they're, 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 it's been a little bit of a chasing that high, of trying to see if the Magic could recreate, the pun intended here, the Magic of that playoff race, of, of whether that was more permanently who this team was. 
And part of the disappointment of the season is that the Magic haven't been able to realize that potential. They haven't been able to realize that team. And so, yes, they they have been chasing a ghost. The standard that they set for themselves from last year. And the frustrating part is is just their inability to reach that standard at this point. Never mind any of that. Of course, the past is the past. Each season is different. Each team is different. Each team's dynamic is different. And never mind what's to come in the future. There's still only the present and the understanding of this team and this roster having to make the most of what is there. It's not about what the Magic could be, what the Magic should have. It's about what the Magic have right now and getting the most out of that. But those ghosts remain. And it was hard not to watch Tuesday's win over the Grizzlies and not think of a moment from last year's season. If there was a moment last year that officially clinched the idea of this isn't a dream, This is something the Magic can actually do. That the Magic can actually make the playoffs. If there was a moment that defined that belief, it was the Magic's come-from-behind victory over the Memphis Grizzlies at home. Around this time of year, the Magic erased a 20-point second-half deficit to force overtime and win the game. Steve Clifford came into the press conference after that game unprompted and said, I told everyone in that locker room, this game is what this crowd can give you. This is what the Amway Center, this is what the Magic fans can give you, can lift you up. This was playoff basketball. This was a playoff atmosphere. And I think from that point forward, the Magic understood what they had to do to make the playoffs, to to, to finish that run. And yes, the Magic have been kind of chasing that feeling ever since. This four-game road trip was the last big road trip on the Magic schedule. Unlike last year, they're not chasing a playoff spot. They have won fairly safely. In fact, the Magic are 12 wins or 12 Wizards losses away from clinching a playoff spot. The Magic number is 12 to get in. Pretty incredible. It doesn't feel like that much. I mean, it's going to take a while. It's not, not, not nothing, but... It doesn't feel like it's going to be very long until the Magic clinched. It's not going to take to the penultimate game of the year this this season. The Magic certainly are fighting for seventh, but the urgency that created that desperate moment to beat a struggling Grizzlies team, to make sure that they did not lose that game, is not quite present. But this road trip was revealing. The Magic going 3-1 and one on this road trip when, when really the optimist, optimist look was to go 2-2. Two and two. It's like, let's split this road trip and get home, where eight of the next 10 games are at the Amway Center and nine of the next 10 are against teams with losing records, the teams that the Magic have feasted on all season long. The goal was to get home and give yourself that chance to make that run. Well, the Magic are coming home, and the Magic not only have a chance to make that run, it feels like all the pieces are starting to come together again. Yes, there was that nasty three-game losing streak from the Spurs, the Blazers, 
and the heat thrown in the middle of it. But the Magic have now won six of the past nine games, and it's been a good run even a little bit before that. The Magic are picking up steam. They have the top offense in the league since the All-Star break. Their defense, while still shaky, certainly was shaky Tuesday night, starting to round into form again. They played a fantastic defensive effort and the wins over the Timberwolves and certainly the Houston Rockets. And they played a great second half of defense against both the Heat and the Grizzlies on this four-game road trip. If road trips are supposed to reveal character and sharpen focus and create that kind of band of brothers, the Magic are recreating it once again. The Magic are starting to look like that playoff team again. And again, it's hard not to draw the parallels between how the Magic had to win this game Now the Magic had to win that game against the Grizzlies last year. It's hard, you know, being poetic and being romantic as I am. It's hard not to see the pieces start to come together again. And with eight of the next ten games at home, the Magic do have a chance to make a major statement. Though they're not going to climb up and catch Philadelphia or Indiana for sixth. This could certainly put some distance between them and Brooklyn for seventh, especially with two games against the Nets coming up among the next ten ten games. But Orlando is slowly starting to look like the team we all imagined they could be. Dangerous offensively with the way that they move the ball. Suffocating defensively, creating turnovers and getting out in transition. A solid team that doesn't have quit in them. A team that feels ready to make the playoffs. A team that looks like a playoff team. And frankly, this Magic team hasn't always looked like a playoff team. Momentum, of course, is the next day's pitcher. None of this matters if the Magic don't go out and beat Chicago on Thursday. None of this matters if they don't go out and have another good effort on Sunday against Charlotte. None of it matters if the Magic rest on their laurels and don't continue to play with the attention to detail. And frankly, the first half of Tuesday's game certainly looked like the Magic were in trouble. Certainly looked like the Magic were ready to go home fat and happy at 2-2 on this road trip. But the team stepped up. And the team made a statement again. And it's not a statement to the rest of the league. Who cares what the rest of the league thinks about this team? It's a statement to themselves. A statement of themselves. That they are that team that they were last year. Or they can be again. And they're ready to make their run and play like it at long, long last. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Don't forget now to check out the Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast on today's episode of Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd breaks down Tuesday's action, including maximum Derek White lighting it up against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, plus Kobe White's first start for the Chicago Bulls. Want to definitely listen to that to get yourself ready for Thursday's game. 
But that's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.